There were 12 games on Wednesday in the NBA. Lots to talk about. Let's break it all down, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and this podcast is going on hiatus for the foreseeable future. Thankfully, the foreseeable future is a lot shorter than Darvin Ham's two days and I'll just be back tomorrow. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with a $5 bet. Win or lose, guaranteed. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. You a double banger? Well, you can be. Just watch the video and listen to the audio. Be part of an exclusive club. Membership's free. It's the DB squad. Get in there, help support the show, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe, ring the bell, um, Anita Ward style, and leave your comments down below. We're going to talk about all of the action here on um, Wednesday with 12 games on. We might as well get straight into it because otherwise we might be here for a very long time. Let's look at some news updates. The skater boy, Zach Levine, looks like he's almost definitely going to be returning Friday. And then there's going to be some lineup decisions. Is it Pat Williams that moves to the bench? Is it Alex Caruso that moves to the bench? They're really the only two question marks. What happens to their minutes? How does that all play out? It's good to have Levine back because he's been shithouse this season and he's been injured, but there's now more questions. What does it do to Kobe White? What does it do to DeMar DeRozan? We need to all see this happen, but Levine is back on Friday. The other thing we got out of the um, Foresight Legends, the Lakers, from uh, Rui Hachimura, who initially Darvin Ham's comment was, uh, he's he's also, he's Darvin Ham very quickly rising up. Which ranks do you think I'm going to say? The shit coach ranks? Yeah, yep. But also the lying legends rank. We're extremely concerned about Rui's calf. It's really, really bad news. Terrible news. Terrible news. Actually, he's day-to-day. Okay, cool. That's great. Um, they also said it's a grade one calf strain in his day-to-day. A grade one calf strain is at least seven days, I'm guessing. So I don't think he's exactly day-to-day. So I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, we don't care about rostering Rui Hachimura unless we're in 16-team leagues, but that does open up other stuff for um, the Lakers, who again reneged on their foreseeable future starting lineup um, one game later. So that's the news there. I don't need to go too much more into that. We're not going to do waiver wire trends because we did a whole ass waiver wire show earlier today. So let's just get straight into the games. And I actually just don't want to talk about this Wizards team. Well, what a disgusting performance it was from them yet again. And we continue just to have just more of the um, more of the nonsense that is Jordan Poole. And I don't really know how to how to even phrase this or pass this at this point because Poole looked like he was putting some of this stuff together. But like 23 minutes, eight points, 27%, no free throw attempts, no defensive stats. He's 145th over the last two weeks. He's 142nd for the season. If you are in a shallow league, if you're in a 10-team league, I I think I'm ready to call it. Get that garbage out of here! Part of my thought on him is not about what you invested in the draft. At this point, that's a clear mistake, and yeah, I take responsibility for that mistake very clearly, right? But you can't rest on that 11 weeks in. It's done. Everything has gone completely opposite to expectations. But I still have rest-of-season projections on pool that puts him as a 12-team league player. This just... What happens with this team and their rotations and nightly stuff is very frustrating. And that's putting an issue with pool. I would still hold. But if I'm in like eighth and I need to keep winning games to get into the playoffs, then I don't think you can do it. If I'm sitting third and I am sitting first in industry pickup and I've got pool, I'll hold. But that's where we're at. It's bad. Denny Avdia had been surging, and then he had seven points in 21 minutes. Reminder, they just benched all the starters, basically. Yeah. Um, Kuzma still got his 23 minutes, 16 points with three assists. He's been almost 
bulletproof in terms of the bullshit this season, but not fully there. Well, Gafford had 12 and 5 with a block. Uh, we had 21 minutes of Mike Muscala, in case you care. 12 points for him. We don't need to worry about that too much. And then uh, Bilal Kulabali played 33 minutes. I don't think it's really a minutes issue for Bilal at the moment in terms of being useful for fantasy. He had five points on 17%. The three steals and two blocks are nice. Maybe he's able to be a strong 12-team league guy later in the season, but I'm not super convinced of it. And I'm not convinced. I don't think he's a, a guy that we need to luxury stash or anything. While Tyus Jones' cool-off has obviously happened. Nine points. Um, another block, though, with uh, two assists in 21 minutes. For the Cavs, they just did it easy. No one got over 30 minutes here. Jared Allen played 29. He had 17, 19, and 7. His assists have been way up lately. Two blocks as well, while the winner soldier, finally a good game from Max Struess. He'd been struggling big time. But for the struggles that he had, he's a top 100 player over the last two weeks. 24, 4, and 3, 6, 3 is a steal and a block, while Don Mitchell had 22, 3, and 4. Two steals and two blocks. Big games there. And Dracaris Levert, 21, 5, and 5. Good numbers from all of those guys. Okoro struggled only 20 minutes, which is a little bit annoying. But, you know, he missed, didn't miss a shot. He had 9 points, 3 assists. He's a nice deeper league guy. And you don't need to roster Craig Porter for as much as I like Craig Porter. Get that garbage out of here! He just does not need to be a 12 or 14 team league player. 8, 3, and 3 in 15 minutes for Porter. Or George Yang got some extra run. He had 15 in 28 minutes. But again, that's probably way too long talking about a game that is just entirely inconsequential, unfortunately, for all the participants, I am sure. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all know the phrase, New Year, New You. We'll hear about New Year's resolutions and, man, what am I going to do in 2024 to change things over? But you don't have to just make massive changes. You don't have to do things which honestly can be damaging at times. What you can do, and therapy is a great way of being able to help you with this, is to help you find your strengths. Recognize your strengths, acknowledge your strengths, and build on your strengths rather than going through extreme resolutions and and you focus on changes that can really stick. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief online questionnaire, you get matched up with a therapist, and if that doesn't work out and the matching isn't right and you, you don't click with your therapist, well, you can just change to a new one at any point at no charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Let's do game two, the Indiana Pacers, two in a row. Knock off the Milwaukee Bucks. In fact, I think that's three in a row we counted the in-season tournament game. 142-130, Indiana gets the win for the Bucks. Chris Middleton did play, so the expectation should be here that he does not play in the game tomorrow. But he's basically just back to Chris Middleton now. Top 35 over the last two weeks, 19-6-7 with two blocks in 32 minutes. Took us a little bit of time, but we're there. Yanni, 26-11-8 with two steals and a block. 69 from the line is pretty standard. And Lillard, it looks okay. 23-2-5, three steals. He shot horribly, 33 from the field, but 9 of 10 from the line again. There's a lot of panic about Lillard at the moment, so maybe you can sneak a buy low in on him. He hasn't been awesome. He hasn't been dominating, but he's still top 20. He's 16th for the season. Not a great game from Brook Lopez. 16 points in 28 minutes. That's okay, but 5 rebounds, no steals, no blocks. Didn't actually play a little bit down the stretch. While Leaky Beasley had 8 points in 23. Now, both Leaky Beasley and Bobby Portis, I think, are going to be droppable players. Portis, 20 minutes. See that little stretch where he was getting 27 a night? Went, okay, so I guess my drop recommendation was completely wrong. Or maybe not, because he's back to playing limited minutes and not being a 12-team league guy. But I think Beasley and Portis are fringe guys in 12 teams that you can have on the, the waiver wire. But if you looked or watched the show earlier today, the Thursday waiver wire streaming show, we talked about the importance of the Bucks schedule. They're the only team in the next five days that has three quality games. Thursday, Saturday, Monday. So dropping Beasley or Portis now would be relatively foolish. I get it. If someone something better's out there with longer-term value, I understand that. But in terms of streamability, there's really no other team out there that's as good as the Bucks over the next five days. So you get a five-day reprieve, I think, on those guys, bank some games in, and then we can reassess it after that. With Beasley struggling, Beauchamp played 21, and he had 12-3. and three. Don't care about that too much, although with uh, two games tomorrow and Middleton likely out, maybe we look at Marjon there. For the Pacers, well, I still don't know what to make of it. I still don't know. Bruce Brown returned. There was no Nempard. Brown played 28 minutes. He had 15 points with five rebounds. He had no defensive stats. It's very hard for me to look at Bruce Brown as a must-roster player. Um, I think we can jack Buddy Heald. Get that garbage out of here. 
13 points with 10 rebounds and two threes. 13 minutes, though. It's not enough. He needs 31, especially in points leagues. I'd be okay moving on. Now, this might be a um, train of thought from some that I've got to hold him waiting for a trade. A, that could be six weeks away. B, he might not get traded. C, it might be into a team where he plays 24 minutes in a bench role anyway. There are too many negative outcomes with that for me to suggest that that is worth a hold. He's not like a top 40 player who's in a real slump here and you're waiting for something to unlock or change in a week or two. That's not what it is, I don't think, here. But so I think if you want to move on, you can. It would be relatively convinced that Aaron Neesmith was a must-roster guy and then he plays 22 minutes. Like, he still had three steals on 100% shooting, but 22 minutes does not get it done continuously. I I would hold, but that's not ideal. And then we were out on sticks. We were out. We did not stand by our man. And again, looking at 19 minutes, you go, fair enough. But he had 13 and 7 with three assists. You go, oh, please, I don't want to have to do it with this guy. I would much rather have Neesmith over Jalen Smith. But this has just got all of the ingredients to be a stinker all season. Don't grab Ben Matherin. He had 16 in 25 minutes, but I don't care in 12s. And over Toppen had 15 and 8. Pretty good game from Toppen, apart from the inefficiency, where he's a 42% shooter. Miles Turner, 15 and 7. Isaiah Jackson, 9 and 4 with no blocks. Jackson's a like 14 team league guy, but it's just all over the shop. McConnell had 6, 6, and 3 with Nempart out. But when McConnell, healed Brown, Toppen, Matherin, Smith, Neesmith are all cutting into each other's minutes, it makes it very, very difficult to just look at these guys and go, absolute must across the board. There are little bits and you add and you drop and you stream and that's how it feels. The only secure guys I feel are Halliburton and Miles Turner. And even Miles Turner's minutes get frustrating and, uh, and can be all over the place. So that's, I think, where we're at with the paces. The Thunder on a back-to-back went to Atlanta after that big game against Boston on the road. Their plane was delayed, apparently. They got in late. They end up losing 141-138. Shea was pretty good, 33-13-8. and eight. Uh, 82 from the line is still really strong, but we know that he was, he'd was been rolling at 92 all seasons. So it's a little bit of a hit there, but still a pretty strong game. While the Bronco had 21 points in 35 minutes with six assists and five steals. After some really slow starts to the season, he's now almost a top 60 player. And he's top 35 over the last two weeks, which is a W. Chet Holmgren played only 25 minutes. No foul trouble. I'm guessing they just sort of preserved him because of the back-to-back. 12 and 3 with two threes. Not like he was playing or putting up particularly strong numbers. Um, It wasn't terrible, but that's where we're at. And then we also had a nice little run from Josh Giddy that was put to a halt here. 9, 3, and 4 in 22 minutes with two threes. He's more of a back-end guy. Hold him for now, but like that's a little bit of a, a stop to the momentum. Not a bad game from Lou Dort, 14-4-3. Still looking as more of a 14-teamer and a 12-team streamer than anything else. And we got like, this is how weird this game was, 20 minutes of Lindy Waters. I feel like the Thunder almost punted this game away. When you got 20 minutes of Lindy Waters and you had uh, 21 of Aaron Wiggins who had 13-3, and three. It, wasn't, it wasn't the button-down tight rotation that we've been seeing in recent times. For the Hawks, Quinn Snyder fouled out Jalen Johnson, so he played only 29 minutes. It didn't really matter. 28-7 and seven with four steals on 61% shooting. While Trey Young had 24, 4, and 11 with two steals, 91% from the line. And I want to, you know, I like to read a lot of comments and comments that people leave here. That's why I always encourage you guys to leave your comments and leave your thoughts um, on, on the show because it just gives a lot of things that we can you know, disseminate out to others. And people will be well aware that I was down on DeJounte Murray in draft season. I definitely didn't have him as a third round guy. To me, he was a back end fourth round player. I think that's sort of been about realistic, like he's 47th for the season, like sort of bang on there, right? But there are people who are really big DeJounte Murray fans. So anytime you say anything negative about him, they arc up. And a guy, you had a comment, man, why do you hate this guy so much? Um, this He's got single-handedly gotten the Hawks so many wins this season while Trey's been out there jacking shots and throwing careless turnovers. Um, he's been awesome. And like, okay, I don't think that's true at all. Right? I, don't, I don't think that DeJounte Murray's been the guy saving this team and, and holding them together. Like He has been very easily worse than Trey Young all season. But people believe this about DeJounte Murray. You can be- like, I don't believe it. I'm not 100% accurate. I don't know that that's true or not. That's how I view things. But there are people who are staunchly in the DeJounte's better than Trey. DeJounte's carrying. DeJounte's doing this. Trey's losing them all these games. So when we're talking about trading players away or cashing in on, on sell highs and whatever, it's about finding the right little bits to get into. Because I'm not, you can't really sell high DeJounte Murray. Look, yeah, 22, 6, and 6, which is fine. If people love points, they might look into that. But no defensive stats and 44 from the field is not ideal. 
but there's always different perceptions of the way that players are or how good they actually are. And while my opinion might be different, they might have a different opinion to you, and that enables those sort of things to swing through. With Jalen Johnson back, we've seen a couple of things happen. No real crossover between Clint Pala and Onyeka Okongwu. In a points league or a 10-team category league, Onyeka Okongwu, thanks, but... Get that garbage out of here! In a 12-team category, I'd be okay holding 11 and 7 in 22 minutes, while Kapala had 12 and 14. And the other thing we've seen is Bogdan Bogdanovich drop back a little bit. 23, 1 and 4 with 5 threes. Just losing a little bit off the top there, Bogdan. He is a hold. And you also don't need to hold on to Sadiq Bay because this guy's just not very good. He's getting 36 minutes. He had 10 and 8. Like, he's okay. 147th guy over the last two weeks, but that's not enough for me to say you have to hold in all circumstances. And when DeAndre Hunter's back, he's going to have no hope of being a 12-team league guy, like none. So like he's okay to have now, but you shouldn't be like busting your balls to make sure that you've got him on the team because he's just not that good. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Win or lose. You don't have to win. It doesn't have to be a money line bet. It doesn't even have to be a parlay. It's just $5 bet, and you get those bonus bets back. The app is so easy to use. You can go and look at their live same-game parlays. You can go and check out bets in the Explore tab. And of course, the much-vaunted Parlay Hub is there. So if you're looking to craft a parlay, they've got their Parlay Builder as well. You've got that over there. If you're looking to craft one, go to the Parlay Hub. You can see what parlays other people are doing, what popular parlays are out there. You can go and do your own, and you can post it up there, get it get it cracking, and use your bonus bets. It's all possible over on Fangio. So go to fangio.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's do the next one. We've got the Brooklyn Nets uh, traveling to take on the Houston Rockets um, here, and the Nets suffer a uh, another loss. Things are not going particularly well in Brooklyn. I think that's relatively obvious at the moment. They lose 112-101. For the Nets, Claxton, 12 and 13. I think he had 10 rebounds in the first quarter and then three for the rest of the game. He had two blocks. Solid enough. While Dayron Sharp double-doubled. Sharp is actually turning into not a 12-team must roster, but at least a guy that's on our 12-team stream board. 11 and 12 are still in a block in 20 minutes is absolutely enough. I don't trust it every night, but he's 100% a 14-team league guy. Finney Smith started and was terrible, 9-2 and two in on 25% shooting. That stinks. Mikael Bridges continues to absolutely just reek like horrid stuff. 15-4-3 and three are still in a block, and I know I'm down on him as a top-end player, and I have been all the way through, and perhaps I'm right on that, perhaps I'm not, looking like I am. But I also feel like I can be right in saying he's not this bad. Like There is going to be significant improvement here, and while it's always hard to see that, when you see someone struggling and have been struggling for a little bit of time like Bridges has, it's really hard to go, well, I just don't see any way out of it. I don't see how it's going to fix. It is to a degree. It is a huge buy low when the constant noise that you hear, this guy sucks, what a waste. He's not even worth anything. He's barely a top 100 player. Blah. That means there is buy low potential there in some spots. Although he's not very good at the moment. Cam Johnson, 15 and 6 with three threes. His last two games, despite the rest of the team sucking, have been solid enough. While Spencer Dinwiddie bounced back somewhat. 11 points, five assists, two steals, two threes. Um, still not sure that Dinwiddie is a 12-team league must. Like, this brings him to 154th on the season. Is that good enough? No. In points leagues, yes. He's averaging almost 30 fantasy points. That's enough to hold. Category leagues, it's very specific to your team. Trenton Watford stepped up, 20 minutes, 11 and 8. And also, it was interesting to see that the guy that I stuck on the end of yesterday's show was like, hey, keep an eye on him. Jalen Wilson was like the first guy off the bench in this game. Now, he only played five minutes. I don't really get what the hell the point of that was. But he was in the rotation. That brings us to talk about Cam Thomas, who has now missed 18 shots in a row. He was 0 of 7 after going 0 of 11 yesterday. He did manage four points in this one for 100% from the line, and he did have five assists, which ties a career high. But there is... I, I know, I know what you're going to say, but all these Nets reporters are just going on, man, this team, I, I can't believe they only played Cam Thomas 17 minutes. They were really struggling shooting. They should have put him in. Like, bro has missed 18 shots in a row. And you're worried about your team struggling to shoot. So the idea is put the most ice-cold man in the world in who never involves anybody else. 
Cam Thomas's scoring bag has some people in a complete chokehold. I think we're all well aware that you can feel okay about dropping him. I think we're okay with that. But I I, he's not this bad. I don't get me wrong. He's definitely not this bad of a player, and they don't have much offensive juice on this squad. But I don't see any future-level star in this guy at all, and I think you can be okay moving on. He will have a better stretch without any question. But you can move on. For the Rockets, Van Vliet, 21-6-10 with two blocks. Great. What we want to see, though, is because last game we saw big minutes out of a men Thompson, and he played 20 here, and that was with Brooks and Eason both out. So the 10-6 and six is fine for a men, but we're obviously not doing it in 12-team leagues. We're not rostering him in 12 or 14. Shengun had another 30-8, and eight, four assists, two steals, and a block, and this man continues to put up some ridiculously good numbers, and I love it. While the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, ooh, 8, 4, and 3, 31 minutes. It's a lot of minutes. Some might say it's too many, but it is a lot of minutes for Jay Sean Tate. He's at least a deeper league guy. And we also got a pop-off game from Cam Whitmore. Hmm. 17 minutes with Eason out. 11, 2, and 1, two steals, three threes. I, I love that game. This guy does have a pretty strong fantasy profile. The problem here is it did require Eason and Brooks both being out for Whitmore to get this playing time. So we keep an eye on it. And there is arguments you can make that at some point that he should play over Jason Tate. I get that. But it's just not going to be an easy situation to get to, nor is it a situation where we're grabbing him. But interesting. Jabari Smith played 33 minutes. He didn't play very well. Seven points in uh, on 25% shooting. The 11 rebounds is nice. We're obviously still rostering him. While Jalen Green, who had started to show some signs of life, but you know what signs of life are? He's now 144th over the last two weeks in 28 minutes a night. 14, 8, and 4, 33%. If you are desperate for scoring, you can hold him in a category league. I would still roster him in a points league, barely. What's he averaging? Oh, no, he's 28 fantasy points. That's okay. Yahoo points, that is. Um, but in a 10 categories, no. In a 12 categories, very much, sort of, but probably not. Get that garbage out of here! Uh, not much else going on in that one. For the next game, we've got the New Orleans Pelicans traveling on a back-to-back to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. And you think maybe this gets ugly, but no, it doesn't. Well, it does, but for the wrong team. Because the Pelicans win. 117-106. Zion played in the back-to-back. That's his second back-to-back for the season. The last one he played was the beginning of December. He was pretty rough yesterday, but 27-4-6, 29 minutes, 73% shooting, and 83 from the line. That's strong. He's 70th over the last two weeks, not including minus one value. So at least we're getting some signs of life. McCullum. 24-3-5, another just wisely leading this team in shots scenario, but it appears to be more of the pattern. I think it's bad coaching, but it's happening. And Ingram had another two steals. I don't know what's happening with this guy either. 19-4-7. Big, big game from Herb Jones. We know how bad he had been. He played 37 minutes. And he had 16-3-2. He had a steal, a block, and four threes. And it's not going to escape your eyes, I'm guessing, that Trey Murphy was out. So while Murphy is out, I guess we can run with Jones. This game now brings him to 183rd over the last two weeks. But if Murphy is back, and I think Murphy will be back for their game on Friday, I'm not sure we need to do anything and rush to add Jones here. What we needed to watch was the Larry Nance, Jose, Jose, not Jose, Jonas Valanciunas scenario, and it is horrible, horrible news for Jonas Valanciunas. 20 minutes, four points. He did have five fouls, so that is a key part of it, but that is... Three consecutive games under 25 minutes. Four and seven for Valanciunas. And this harkens back to what happened last season before Zion got injured, where he was not a rosterable player. I would not suggest dropping Jonas Valanciunas. Come back in two weeks, though, and we might be having that discussion. 14-team leagues, you can go and add Larry Nance. Eight and nine, a steal, a block, 22 minutes. The more bold of you in 12-teamers might consider him an option in a punt point scenario. Looking for a bit of field goal percentage with steals and blocks. He helps there. I wouldn't add in all 12s, but it is interesting, isn't it? Alvarado played 27 minutes with Trey Murphy out. That's an interesting development, while Daniels, the dustbuster, had 7-5 and five in his 24. For the Wolves, really disappointing. I thought Ant's um, ball handling was really poor in this game. I think it cost him. He ended up with 35-4-5 with four threes, but love the percentages. All that is great for fantasy. And Towns had 22-6, and six, but the man still can't block a shot. December 16th, the last time he blocked a shot. 
And he shot poorly in this one as well. The buy low is still on, but he is really struggling. Gobert only played 24 minutes in this game. He just didn't play very well. And that meant that we got a little bit more out of the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed. Eight and six with two threes and two blocks. Reed is really, to me, a fringe 12-teamer and not a must roster. And the same goes to Jaden McDaniels. McDaniels had 11 points, but zero rebounds. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know exactly. I'm not going to look it up. But I think that's the second time in the last week to 10 days that he's had zero rebounds in a game he's played 30 minutes. He had two steals and a block, but I think we've just got to treat him as a maybe steal special streamer. He is 100% not must roster. In points leagues, he's not even a top 200 player. Yeah, you don't need to hold him. Get that garbage out of here! Conley was solid enough. Seven points in 26 minutes, but not much else going on. Kyle Anderson, not a 12-teamer. McLaughlin, he's not the answer. I think they should go back to Shake Milton, but a few little holes creeping into the Timberwolves game at the moment, and they probably want to address them relatively quickly. Speaking of quickly, it is the Toronto Raptors going to Memphis, taking on the Grizzlies, and beating them, because Emmanuel quickly might just be very good. 33 minutes, 26-3-5 with five threes. He shot 44%, but this is what we needed, because he was not getting it done in New York, obviously. The trade has opened it up. He's a starting point guard. Do not be shocked if there is a top 60 run from here on out. Barnsley, 20 points, 8 assists. Good game from Scotland. But what is curious and what I did talk about on the trade reaction show is that I don't know if this how much of a negative this is for Barnes, but one thing I feel really confident in is it's not a positive. And Barnes had 18 usage. That is the concern here. Not saying Barnes is going to become shithouse. But I think there's going to be a drop-off in usage, and it, and it happened. Pascal Siakam, 24-7 and seven in his 30 minutes with 64% shooting. At least he was able to convert well. And then I I, I don't get it, but it is happening. Jakob Pertl, 33 minutes, 7-8, and eight, one steal and five blocks. And when I say I don't get it, it's not that I don't think that Jakob Pertl should play those minutes, because I bloody do. He, I had him down as like, I thought he was getting underdrafted in leagues. I thought he's, he's actually pretty good. And then... They played him 24 minutes a night. I go, what is actually going on here? And then they took Precious Achua out of the rotation and they played him 22 minutes a night. We go, all right. So Achua being traded actually opens up nothing for Pirtle and absolutely 100% wrong. Tried to use logic, didn't play out. Here we are. 33 minutes, seven and eight, one steal, five blocks. Now you hate that he was 29 from the field. That stinks, but he's rocking and rolling. And if you did hold on, maybe some good things are coming. RJ Barrett, hometown legend. Everyone plays better in front of their home fans. Someone told me as soon as they're back home, everything gets better. Um, he's going to be awesome. People, the pressure's off in Canada. He had an RJ Barrett-like 14-7-3 on 42% and 67% shooting from the line. I don't care that he's back in Canada. I don't care that the pressure's off. I don't care about the New York market. I don't care about any of that bullshit. RJ Barrett is RJ Barrett. And until he proves to me that he is not RJ Barrett, that he's a different version of RJ Barrett, I'm still going to treat him like RJ Barrett. And that is a guy that is not worth rostering in 12-team leagues. He's not a steals, blocks, threes, rebounds, assists, field goal, or free throw percentage player. He's not. And until it changes, that is my stance. I don't care that he's back home. I don't care that he's got his old high school girlfriends there ready to meet him in the uh, the old uh, parking lot after the game. I don't care. He's RJ Barrett. Jack Gary Trent. Get that garbage out of here. 5-1-0, 0, 21 minutes. But interestingly, Dennis Schroeder still played 29 minutes. I think I thought he would become a drop. Maybe not. 16-7-5 is holdable. It's holdable. I'm not 100% convinced on it because he is a backup very clearly, but that's good enough. We also, I, could you believe that Otto Porter was a scratch in this game and then you check the box and you say, oh, Porter's in. I thought he was out. No, it's Jonte Porter. Jonte Porter. Triple ACL legend, maybe double or triple, who was actually a pretty highly touted prospect in college, Michael's brother. He played seven minutes as their backup center. They went away from Thad Young. Chris Boucher is, uh, yeah, I think Chris Boucher might be on this one. He's pretty rooted, I think, at this point. And again, that's why Siakam's getting these minutes, but why didn't he get them before? I don't know. I wonder what will happen when Christian Coloco's tuberculosis clears up and he's able to get back in the mix. But the Grizzlies, Jar, Jar had a trip to the... I don't know why I call him Jar Jar then. He's not Binks. Oh, ooh. Ooh. Actually, I don't want to use that as a nickname because 
There's a lot of like racial stereotypes in the Jar Jar Binks character, which we're not going to do. So I was going to do something, but no, no, we're not going to do that. Um, Jar Morant, 35 minutes, 28, 8 and 9. Big game from him. Really good. Well, Jaron talked about it. Buy low bump. So Jar Morant is not impacting his blocks and he's had eight blocks in the last two games. 24 and 4, 39%, but another four blocks. Well, Baino had 24, 4 and 8. And then the rest of the rotation, if you can figure it out, please let me know because the cashier Xavier Tillman played zero minutes last game, which is confusing. I didn't really understand it. And then he goes from zero minutes to being the starter and playing 23 minutes, four and five. We don't add him. Of course we don't. But that's just confusing. While Marcus Smart is in a real stink at the moment, if I'm in a 10-teamer, I'll drop him, not a problem. In a 12-teamer, I'm not believing that he's this bad. Six points on 20% with no threes and one steal. He is better than all of this. But in a 10, you you can move on. Aldama's only like a 16-team league guy. He had seven and eight in his 22 minutes. And then Zaya Williams got dusted off to score 18 with four threes. That is likely because Vince Williams was out with that foot issue. And Bismack Biombo went from starting and playing like 27 minutes last game to, of course, being a DNPCD. And they lost again. I've had a lot of criticisms of Taylor Jenkins over the past years. And you know, some of it has sounded stupid because they've been winning games. But I've always questioned a lot of his rotation decisions. Now, the noise is growing. Not for me, because I don't have any impact on what he does. But from Grizzlies fans, Grizzlies reporters, Grizzlies um, bloggers, Grizzlies, whatever. Like, is this bike actually uh, the answer? Just watch that. Just watch the noise growing under Taylor Jenkins at the moment. I'm surprised that the Duck Luke Kennard, who has a bone bruise in his knee, just came back, played on the back-to-back. Actually pretty nonsensical. He had two points in 19 minutes. But I do think that he is at least interesting to us as a three-point streamer on days with less volume than today. Let's do the next one. Um, Your Chicago Bulls lose to my New York Knicks, 116-100. Both Kobe White and Pat Williams played. Williams got 27 minutes. He sucked because he's not very good. Five, four, and two in 27 minutes. If I'm in a shallow league, you're okay moving on there. If I'm in a 12-teamer, I probably would hold. But their next game is Friday. Levine is probably back, and you probably wouldn't start him anyway. So you have to make a sort of decision on that one. I would still hold Caruso, who played 33 minutes on a back-to-back. 13, 4, and 3, 4 steals and a block. He's clearly a priority over Williams, though. DeRozan was really efficient, 77 from the field. He had 28, 3, and 4 with a steal and a block. And Kobe White, good. Finally back in business. 26, 4, and 8 with 6 triples. If you could sell high before Levine returns, which you, you probably can't, at least he had a big one here to try and do it. Drummo, yeah, look, you percentages. He's annoying me with his field goals as well. 42 from the field and 3 of 6 on the line. Big fella. Hit some shots. But 13 and 16, 2 steals and a block is pretty strong. We know what that is. And then 31 minutes for Desumu. 7, 4 and 4 with 2 blocks, but he shot horribly. Just after I talked him up on the waiver wire show, said he'd improved his efficiency. Um, we don't need to roster Desumu now with Levine returning. Dale and Terry showed a little bit of flash in the last game and then had two points in eight minutes here, so we don't care at all. And uh, the Red Rooster continues to be the backup center, Terry Taylor, four points in 16 minutes for the Knicks. All eyes go straight to Ojananobi, who played just 34 minutes, which we would have hoped for a little bit more, but that's okay. 11 and 8 with two steals. The stubby, Isaiah Hartenstein, 11, or sorry, 10 and 20 with five blocks on 67% shooting. We know he's going to be low usage, but he is very, 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 very clearly a must-roster player. 100% very clearly. Precious Achua, four points in 11 minutes. Yeah, you don't roster Precious. He is still rostered in 12-10 leagues, Precious, amazingly. Get that garbage out of here. Um, DiVincenzo, 25 minutes. 11-5-5 and five with three threes. The 25 minutes, be prepared for that to be regular. 11-5-5 five and five with three threes is a 12-team league line. But this might be adjusted later on. And just the Hitman Hart, only 25 minutes. That's a little disappointing. He had three points with five rebounds and three assists. I think we still can hold him, but both him and Dante are towards the back end of 12-team value. Bronson had 31, 3, and 13, and Randall was great. 35, 6, and 4 with two steals and a block. Let's be fair, though. The Bulls had absolutely no one who could stop uh, any of these players because they're really bad. Um... Randall was horrible, obviously, to begin this season, but he has turned it around in a pretty strong way. We had 18 minutes of Quentin Grimes with eight points, and if you are another team, another GM, that is who I would try and pry away. We already saw quickly get pried away and into a larger role. Grimes, I believe, is a very, very good um, potential future starting guard. I've got him and Moses Moody on that list as guys that I've been just trying to see what I can do to get him onto a team where maybe there's a role. Like, if I'm the San Antonio Spurs, he is one of the clearest upgrades ever over a Branham and Trey Jones combination. And he can sometimes run point. 
I don't know that that trade will ever happen, but it would be something that I would be um, I'd be interested in looking into. Just in case we're unaware, you do have to roster Isaiah Hartenstein. The stubby needs to be on rosters. 28 in the morning. All right. The next one was a uh, pretty sizable bloodbath. The Mavs beat the Blazers 126-97, and so begins the day of the ankle. Let's talk about Portland because they um, they were without DeAndre Ayton, but they got back other players, and they kept Scoot in the starting lineup and kept Brogdon on the bench. They also kept Shaden Sharp on the bench, which was very interesting. A um, couple of things on that. I tweeted out about this, and I had multiple people go, man, that's ridiculous. That's cra-. Someone said, we WTF. Wow, what? that's crazy. Why would they do that? I go, what, what, what are you actually surprised about here? Like, oh, I can't believe they would um, bench Brogdon. Okay, can't you? Because it's pretty clear that he's not a part of their future. He's not going to be in this team. And this is basically, apart from Aiden, this is the starting lineup that they had to begin the season. And I don't think, this is why I was saying, if you can get rid of Malcolm Brogdon for any top 100 player, you do it absolutely immediately. Absolutely immediately. But there were people, obviously, who just didn't see this coming. I don't think it's necessarily going to be like this. Brogdon had five points in 17 minutes because this was a blowout. But this was 100% on the cards. Like It was so obviously going to happen at some point pretty soon. What do you do with Brogdon here? Well, it is hard for me to make a full judgment given just the nature of this game in, in general, but like really hard to consider that a hold, isn't it? With Sharp, Simons, and Scoot all there, Brogdon is and should be the fourth guard. And that is just not enough. And if he does get traded, is he getting traded into a 30-minute-a-night starting role somewhere? I'd imagine it's a good team that wants him and he plays 26 minutes as a sixth man, which leaves him at best as a fringe 12-team league player. So if you do want to make a call to jack him off, cool. The the uh, the sell high obviously is cooked, is done, but maybe you move on. Get that garbage out of here! Now, the guy that replaced him didn't play particularly well. Well, not, re- not replace him because Scoot started last game. But he played 33 minutes. He had 7, 5, and 7. That's That stinks offensively. He wasn't the worst performer on this team. He shot 18% and 50% from the line, which is obviously horrible. But the minutes are there. The assists are there. The value is potentially there. And I think we hold. The guy who did stink the worst from an overall categorical perspective was Jeremy Grant. And you might say, well, he had 10 points, Josh. But remember, category leagues aren't a one category situation. He had one rebound. He had two assists. He had no steals, no blocks. He was one of three from the line. He was 44 from the field. It wasn't it wasn't big difference between the two, but he was actually he did come out as worse between the two. Um, we hold Jeremy Grant obviously. Simons was on a minutes restriction, fifteen and five. He'll he'll be okay. Again, I I still believe that this team is not going to play these guys in April, so beware if your league goes that long. We had twenty minutes of Tamani Kamara. We had Thibel play twenty three minutes and had a steal. We had Shaden Sharp have 16 points in 22 minutes. I'm not really sure what to do with Sharp because I do think that he will remain in a bench role and that mean he maybe doesn't play 34 minutes. I said this many, many times this season. I do think that on this on a healthy team, he might become a drop. And well, he's 137th for the season. He's three, 289th over the last two weeks. You could argue that we might be okay doing it now. I'm not sure I'm quite there. They started Ibu Baji, and he played only 15 minutes, despite Aiton being out and Duop Reith getting ejected, and Jabari Walker leaving the game with a knee injury. So that's a little confusing. So I don't know what what do we even take out of this game, honestly. Like, there's just so much weird shit all over the place. The rotation's spread out. I don't think we need to care too much about those backup centers that much. What we do care about is Skook got a lot of minutes. Brogdon was marginalized. Sharp, I'm not sure about. And Simons will be okay. That's sort of where I'm at with them. For the Mavericks... Derek Lively sprained his ankle again. Again. He had four rebounds, four assists, two steals, and three blocks, which was on the way to a pretty strong game. He hadn't scored, but he played 19 minutes. I would suggest that we're missing a week to two weeks here again. That's not great. They were without Dante Exum, so they started Josh Green. He had eight points in 27 minutes. We're not adding him. If I'm in a deeper league, I would consider a Dwight Powell out. He had 5-3-2 and two in 13 minutes, but that's not really a 12-teamer. And Rashawn Holmes was out here, but we've already seen many instances of him not being worth um, a 12-team league option. What they have done in the past when Lively was out is they've sometimes started Grant Williams as the, star, as the center or at least giving him backup minutes. 
But he went out with an ankle injury. He played 15 minutes for two points, so we're not adding him. Kyrie was strong, 29, 9, and 5, two steals. Doncic was great, 41, 6, and 5 with four threes. But the rest there, like the 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 trouble is the injuries. That they obviously comfortably handed the Blazers, no problem with that. But it's about what happens now with two more big men out, along with Maxi Kleber. Uh, Timmy Hardaway had 14 points in 23 minutes, and Derek Jones had five points, but two steals and two blocks. That is nice. Nice steals and nice blocks, but I'm not really sure that we should be dealing with Tim Hardaway in a 12-teamer. Get that garbage out of here! Or Derek Jones in a 12-teamer. Get that garbage out of here! Someone asked me, man, who did you get to do the Jack Armstrong, uh, to do the get that garbage out of here? Did you get one of your friends to do it? No, it's Jack Armstrong. Like, that's, that's the same guy. Uh, it's, I don't know. Sometimes things... Dumb things make me laugh. That's where we're at. So yeah, that is uh, two ankle injuries that we need to pay attention to. Don't worry. There's more coming. All right. The next one was the Clippers going into Phoenix, getting the win over the Suns, 131-122, the final score. Kawhi was in machine mode, 40 minutes. He had 30 and 8, four threes, two steals, two blocks. Unbelievable from the field. Unbelievable from the line. Third-ranked player over the last two weeks. Minimal games, obviously. Um, yeah, he's been ridiculous. He's up to 11th for the season per game value. Unbelievable stuff from him. Paul George, 33-7 and seven with five threes, and Jim Harden had 22-5-11 on elite efficiency. The three big names were fantastic. Russell Westbrook played 18 minutes, and I know you're not going to listen, but please, jack him off. Get that garbage out of here. Six and five in 18 minutes. Why is this guy just being held in this many leagues? I know that people, un, I don't know, irrationally love what Westbrook does and they think that he's just being held back by invisible forces get on with it move on Norman Powell 26 minutes 13 points with three threes a nice stream guy and it was good to see a better game from Terrence Mann but he played just 23 minutes I think he's shooting like 20% from three this season but he did hit two of them here he had 12 points with two steals Zubats was definitely not at his best they're still running with Tice over Plumley, so that's something to watch Zubats had six and three with two blocks he had five fouls so that somewhat limited him but he did get to 27 minutes. On the Phoenix side, no Kevin Durant. They're claiming his day today, so maybe he returns on Friday. I don't know. But we've got to talk about Bol Bol because he played 19 minutes, I think 20 minutes last game as well. 14 and five with two threes. No one is debating that Bol can put up numbers. We know that he can. And actually, to be honest, he played a really good game on the court. But the reason that he is getting even 20 minutes a night here or 19 minutes is because Durant is out. I will, I will 100% see people going and adding Bowl after this without any question whatsoever. And you could make an argument that he is better than Bates Diop and as the UK and all these guys. I, I get I get that completely. But I don't think there's anything that's here for us to see outside of a deeper league stream if Durant remains out. I could be wrong on that, but he was he did play quite well. Booker had 35, 2 and 6 in 37 minutes while Beal played 41 minutes. Shout out to his back. 21-5-4 with two steals. Didn't hit a three. Uh, shot 35%, but at least he's playing. Grayson Allen, his steals have been really, really good this season. Another three of them here. 10 points, two threes. Remains an absolute must-roster player. While Chemezi Metu, who'd been playing really well, only got 15 minutes because, you know, Bowl was there. Seven points, two steals. I guess you could move on from him. While Eric Gordon did just enough to, to be a 12-team option. 16-5, and five, three threes, 46% shooting. It's all okay. He's not a must-roster guy, but he is just widely available. And if Durant misses, I, I think Gordon is at least worth a crack. The Beal minutes are very intriguing. The bowl stuff is interesting. I'd be very interested to see how many people go and grab him after this. But to me, that window of opportunity is very, very, it's very small. It's not going to be um, anything that's a long standing thing, would be my guess. All right, on to the next one, game 10. An overtime game. The Pistons cannot get it done. The Jazz win 154 148. Revenge game, Boyan Bogdanovich drops in 36 points with eight triples, seven rebounds, and five assists. He shot really well. He'd been really down in the shooting, and his free throws had been down as well. But this was um, a good game here, and a great bounce back from Cade as well, who struggled last game. He had 31, 5, and 12 with three threes. What is enough to get him over the line, but still good numbers. Jalen Duran, 17 and 10. These are the three clear 12-team league players, I think. Bogdanovich, Cunningham, and Duran. Alec Burks was really good. Alec Burks. Uh, 27 in 34 minutes with five threes. He has been a sneaky option. He's rostered nowhere. He's a 16-team ad. He's probably a 14-team league ad. They went with him over Ivy. That's why Ivy has 11-1-1 in 22 minutes. A little bit frustrating to see 
Burks play as much, but Burks was good and got them into the game and push it into overtime. I think Ivy can be a hold. I also get it if you don't want to because his upside, I think, this season is still relatively limited. They switch it up. Kevin Knox went to the bench. Isaiah Livers started. You might as well just swap shit for shit. Um, Livers had 10 points with two steals. Knox had four in 13 minutes, and we had only 11 minutes from Asar Thompson. Get that garbage out of here! It's really frustrating to see the minutes from Thompson drop this much. It's quite baffling, honestly. I, I get that there are shooting issues, but I feel like his confidence has been destroyed and things, I don't know how it changes. I don't know what happens, but we are absolutely not holding on to Asar Thompson. This is a long way from being fixed, and we don't have to hold. Jim Wiseman continues to be the backup behind uh, Duran. He's ahead of Bagley. He's only like a 20-team league option, and that is about it. For the Jazzmen, they kept the same starting lineup again. Simone Fontecchio was actually pretty good. 35 minutes, 16, 7, and 4, three threes, and two steals. I'm not, I don't think that he's a 12-team league ad. But that line would suggest you might consider it. Over the last two weeks, he is 130th in 27 minutes a night. This, the last two games have been excellent. I do like it as a 14-team leaguer, but I don't really trust what's going on with this team. I do know that I'm dropping John Collins. Get that garbage out of here! He had 17 points, but 24 minutes isn't enough. While Kessler had six blocks with 29 minutes. Eight and eight still remains a 12-team league guy. Sexton dropped in 25 points in 30 minutes. He had five assists. And my confusion still remains. So now in this game, both Sexton and Clarkson were good. We had 38 minutes from Clarkson, 36, 6, and 3. He is on an absolute roll. Grab him if he's there. Sexton is very up and down, but he's probably worth a hold. But I, I like I said on one of the shows earlier today, I just don't know with this team. I just don't know how to gauge it. Like Kelly Lick played only 20 minutes. He had 9, 5, and 4. He'd been rolling at like top 60 levels. And that's like an okay line. But do I trust it? And then they went with Sexton and Clarkson together instead of Keontae George, who played 23 minutes. 5-2-2 on 22%. George is a luxury stash type of an option. I The injury really halted all of his momentum. And I don't think you need to... I, I think he will be a useful later on, but I don't think you need to roster him now. When they're getting a little bit of momentum here and it's coming through Sexton, Clarkson, Fontecchio, done, you don't need to be holding on to George. George was good because he replaced Horton Tucker, and Horton Tucker was bad, and George looked good. But they found other options now during that injury, and it's not happening for Keontae now. You can drop him, and you can move on later. And I'm, I, I do have him, I think, in two leagues. I think I'm going to move on and grab somebody else. Markinen had 31-7 and seven in his 38 minutes. That's, that's really strong. But again, the confusion still remains around the Clarkson, Sexton, even Fontecchio minutes. Um... I don't hate an ad of Simone. I don't think it's a must by any stretch. But they're two solid games in a row. You never know. You never know. You might get something out of it. And I believe they've got a solid schedule coming up too. Just wanted to go and confirm that. The Jazz do have a good schedule. We talked about it on the daily look ahead. They've got a Saturday low-volume game and then a Monday low-volume game. So one of the best low-volume game schedules coming up. The Bucks have the best. And then it's the Warriors, the Spurs, and the Jazz who have got a strong run. So... Sexton, Clarkson, grab. Probably gives you a little bit of a boost there for Simone and probably a Linux as well. But they still remain the most confusing team to me rotation-wise. Even though there's been stability for about 3 or 4 and 0, probably the most confusing team in the NBA at the moment. All right, let's do the next one. The Miami Heat on the road really embarrass the Lakers. This was a terrible performance, I thought. From the Lakers, the Heat get the win, 110-96. The Heat without Jim Butler, of course, because is he ever going to play? I mean, he will at some point, clearly. Uh, no Caleb Martin either, no Haywood Highsmith. So they started Little Chungus, Nikola Jovic. 15-8 in 28 minutes with a steal. Good game, probably one of his best. He didn't start the last one. It was Jamal Kane who played 39 seconds here, and they've just sort of been going back and forward. I wouldn't rush to add Jovic. I would be really considering a sell high on Jaime Jaquez, who played 39 minutes and had 16 and 8 with a steal and a block. We've seen his minutes go sky high when Butler is out. And when Butler is back, they push back a little bit. When I say sell high, that doesn't mean drop him. It doesn't mean give him for anything. But if someone wants to really, really lean into this, get rid of him. Like if you can get like a top 75, 80 player. I doubt that happens, but that's what I'm always inquiring about at this point. 
Lowry was pretty strong, 10-3 and 6 with four steals. He's probably a stream guy for the now uh, for the time being. And Hero had a little bit, or lower minutes, had a little bit of an issue with his arm towards the end, but came back in. 21-4 and 6, three steals and four threes. Didn't shoot well, but overall, pretty strong game. Bam struggling a little bit. He might be on the, the buy lows. 15-7, and 7, 36 from the field is yuck. He did have three steals, but not his best. While Love had a 10-14 and 14 double-double, and the Spur Dunkey Robinson had 13 with three threes. Poor shooting night. He probably is also in the Lowry bucket of being a 12-team streamer. Joshy Richardson returned and had 10 points in his 21 minutes. For the Lakers, no Rui, obviously, no Gabe Vincent, no D'Angelo Russell. So, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Darvin Ham's foreseeable future lineup, well, it had to change, obviously, because Rui was out, but he made two changes. So, again, the lineup that we've been sort of calling for, we got. And Austin Reeves was back starting. He played 37 minutes. He had 24, 5, and 8, and had 58% shooting at 8 of 9 from the line. And this could unlock a top 70 run, I hope. Fingers crossed. Maybe. Hope he sticks with it. Anthony Davis has been literally unbelievable. I would... Uh, this is the tough part with Davis. Let's talk about what he did here. 29-17, 6 assists, 3 steals and 5 blocks, 59 from the field and 90 from the line is amazing. He's like a top... He's the 5th best player so far this season. And I would be absolutely pumping you to sell high on him. But not for the reason you think. And that's what's, what's going to make it hard. You should sell high on him because the Lakers have a 2-game week in the fantasy playoffs, depending on when your playoffs are. And if I could get another top five player back, I would do it. But the problem is, is that given his injury history, people will think that you're selling him because you think he's going to get hurt, which means they're not going to do it and you're not going to get value back. So you're in a bit of a tough spot. I think you just have to hold and uh, you have to hold and um, just make do and enjoy the production and, and hope that, you know, hope that he actually does stay healthy and then gives you something in those uh, the two game week. Let's talk about LeBron James. Washed watch. That's the cue for the audio people to come and rage and comment on the video. Um, He just wasn't very good in this one, LeBron. 38 minutes, 12, 6, and 9. No peripherals, 33% shooting, no free throws. It's not a good game. It's okay. Christian Wood was all right, 13 and 8. I don't think we need to react to that. But what I do want to react to is Max Christie. I was stunned at the beginning of the season that Christie was not in the rotation. They played Cameron over him. Could not believe it. I like Christy. He might actually move into that group of players where I go, probably just need a trade to unlock it, the Quinton Grimes group. 13, oh sorry, 14 and 5, 28 minutes, hit a couple of threes, but the 28 minutes. 28 minutes is more than Cam Reddish. It's more than Jared Vanderbilt Bar. And yeah, there's no Russell, there's no Rui here. But just, just keep an eye on Max Christie. I think he's going to be an NBA starter by the end of his fourth season. In Dynasty Leagues, I'm interested. He's a good shot-blocking guard. Keep an eye on what happens here. If I'm in a 20-teamer, if I'm in a 30-teamer and he's not rostered, I'm definitely adding him. If I'm in an 18-teamer, I'm considering it, and I just want to see where this goes. As for Vanderbilt, obviously you're not rostering him in 12s or 14s. He had four points in 16 minutes. Reddish went scoreless in 19 minutes. He attempted one shot. He is just Cam Reddish. All this talk of LeBron rehabilitating him and, man, LeBron's turned him into a player. He still can't shoot. He's still being Cam Reddish. It's the same shit as always. He is now the 225th ranked player this season. Also a bad game from the artist, formerly known as Torian Prince. We know what he's like. He had two assists and five rebounds. Cool. But he missed all six of his shots. He is very up and down. They don't play a quality game until Sunday. So if you want to open up a spot to get someone in on Thursday, on Saturday or you want to open it up to grab a Fontecchio or from the injury chaos in Dallas or in Orlando, no problem. He's a fringe player with a lot of, lot of ups and downs. You do not need to consider that as a must-roster scenario for Prince. It was always a bad schedule this week, and he was a guy that you could have considered dropping at the beginning of the week. This is just the uh, absolute cherry on top of a, uh, of a not-great moment. All right, so waiting for that one was an absolute marathon. A double overtime game with the Magic having a million players out. The Kings get over the line just 138 to 135. The Magic were without Markel Fultz, of course. Cole Anthony was ruled out before the game with a quad issue that apparently had been lingering for weeks. You're going to be shocked to hear this, but Jonathan Isaac was out. And Jingle and Joe was out for about his 10th consecutive game. And then 
in the first half, they lost Franz Wagner, their second best player, with an ankle injury. Hmm, another ankle injury. And guess what? Gary Harris had a calf strain. Old bastard, soft tissue injury. This is weeks again for Gaz. So they're going to be down Fultz, maybe Anthony, who knows? Gaz? No idea. They're in a bit of trouble here. But let's talk about the good things. Let's talk about... Well, actually, it looked like it was going to be a complete disaster. It looked like Polo was injured too. Well, he was injured. He went to the locker room, came back out. Like Blake Hulk Hogan ripping off the singlet. He played 45 minutes, had 43, 4, and 5 with 6 dribbles. 52 from the field and 79 from the line. A huge, huge game from Paolo. Now, of course, he was a part of one of the worst refereeing calls of all time that you will see when he had that ball and fumbled it out of bounds. And they said, nah, actually off Sacramento, which of course was disgusting. And I, I'm not a massive replay guy. I think it takes too long. I think sometimes we just have to live with the mistakes. But my solution has always been, just have someone that's... I know they've got, you know, let's throw it to Sakakis. Someone's watching. Can't, can't they just call down and go, uh, can you hear me, Stephen? Um, that might have just been off Paolo. Just quickly switch it. Takes two seconds. Like, if we can all see it immediately, you have to sit there and they couldn't challenge it. And go, it's so simple. Rather than let's go over there, let the ref look at the TV. What am I seeing on this screen, man? Someone watches and go, bro, just change it over. It's so easy to do. It's so simple. But whatever. Suggs had struggled. And then he dropped a 24-3-4, and four, two steals, two blocks, six dribbles. We must roster him. The dart, Goga Badadze. It was looking a little bit quiet for the dart, but ended with six points in 28 minutes with three blocks. He closed the game over Wendell Carter, who you can jack off, Wendell. Get that garbage out of here. Goga is okay to stream for 12 teams at the moment. And then we had a... Uh, this is... What, what a crazy game. Chuma Akeke. 27 minutes, 11 and 7 with three threes. But what about the big fella... Can't spell his surname, but Caleb Houston. 31 minutes, 15 points, four threes, four steals. I actually featured him on the daily streaming show for Sunday. and said, hey, if you're looking for a sneaky guy available everywhere, maybe look at him for free throws. And he's popped up and done this. This is obviously nothing to do with that. Just a name that I didn't think I'd really mention on this show. Now, with Franz Wagner spraining his ankle, and I'm going to guess he misses a little bit of time. That would be a guess... Who knows if it's true or not? We had so many injuries today. I'm going to expect Gaz misses time. I'm going to expect that uh, Lively misses time. Grant Williams misses time. Franz Wagner misses time. Um, who else do we have? So many bloody guys out. Uh, but I think that we can have a look at Houston because I don't think that a KK would start in place of Wagner. We saw Houston playing down the stretch in this game as well. And there's just a little bit, a little bit of something there for him. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, just a reminder, Franz Wagner missed only two games last season and three games in his rookie season. So, you know, he's, uh, we'll see how long he's out in this one. What else do we need to talk about? Oh, yeah. Trevelyn Queen, a guy who's been putting up fantastic numbers in the G League. He's been part of the Sixers program in the past. Um, started the second half, played 38 minutes. He only had five points, but six rebounds, two steals, and a block. And that's because there was no Fultz, no Anthony, and then no Gaz Harris. So he started next to Suggs because they were down and Anthony Black wasn't playing very well. I don't think we need to add Queen. I would much prefer to add a Houston if I'm in like a 14-team situation, maybe even 12s, maybe. Um, Mo Wagner, just the 13 minutes here. He had two points. We're obviously jacking him. For the Kings, we talked yesterday and saying, well, what's going on? Why is Malik Monk and Mike Brown fighting? Why are his minutes down? And then Malik Monk just... Absolutely detonated. 46 minutes, 37 points, seven threes, nine assists, two steals, and a block. A guaranteed must-roster player. DeMontis Sabonis. People were upset that I didn't mention that he had 11 turnovers yesterday. So I better quickly look how many turnovers he had today. Six of them. He had 22, 23, and 12 with two steals and a block. Getting defensive stats from Sabonis is great. Um, and of course, you know, just to ruin everything, he had six turnovers. And if I'm going to talk about highlight real bias with Keegan Murray and highlight all of the mid-games that he has, I've got to tell you that he was unbelievably good here. 28 and 12 with two threes, but we know the general opinion on Keegan is different to mine. So this is where if you're in a dynasty league, you try and absolutely sell peak, peak high, peak high. He probably won't get as much coverage in this game because of what Malik Monk did, but I'm always wanting to entertain a sell high on Keegan Murray, who played 46 minutes here. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He'd been struggling to get 30 minutes. He played 36. He had 17, three and one with four threes. And yes, I knew it. Yes, I knew it. I said, I don't want to have to talk about Chris Duarte, but I'm going to have to. He played 10 minutes as a starter, had zero points. That's it. Monk is their starter. Like, I know they don't start him, but he is their starter. 
So we're back to square one with Herder playing 18 minutes, Duarte playing 10, and both being completely irrelevant in anything that's not a 14 or, 14 or deeper than 14, actually. What else do we need to talk about? Oh, Trey Lyles had another solid game, 10 points in 22 minutes, a nice 14 to 16 team league player. And he was featured on the Buy Low, Sell High show. And whoever that gentleman was, I'm going to assume it was a gentleman who who commented and told me that there's no way that Fox regresses. He's really him. He's going to continue to do this. I'd like to thank you for setting off that um, that sell high or closing that sell high window. Bang, down. 15, 4, and 7 is not a terrible line, but he shot 27 from the field. He went 3 or 4 from the line, and he had only one steal, didn't hit a 3. And after that little run where he was like the 10th ranked player when I did the sell high two shows ago, he's now 39th over the last two weeks. And that makes sense. He was always going to fall off, and he has. And he will be better than this, but this was just a bad game. It's nothing to overreact to, but it's always worth pointing out when those things happen just to show you the innate nature of variance and how things go up and down. That is usually what we're trying to target when we're talking buy lows and sell highs. That was um, just an absolute marathon, and we're still not done. We're going to wrap up the show with the little bits and pieces that we do here at the end, and we're going to go straight into the stream of the day. Unfortunately, my stream of the day for 10-teamers was Derek Lively. And again, I love to source information or talking points from um, comments and that. And someone said, Josh, like, We've been like you've been waiting on Derek Lively for three months. It's not going to happen. It's maybe next year. Like he's a hundred and second ranked player this season. If you've been waiting three months, I think you've been waiting too long because he's been doing it already. Like it's it's here. It's, it's clear now. The problem is he got hurt today, and he didn't score. But he had four rebounds, four assists, two steals, and three blocks. And he, he, without the injury, he's a very clear must roster player who was already producing as a must roster player. Unfortunately for the stream, he didn't score. The 12-team streamer worked out pretty well. Caruso had 13, 4, and 3 with 4 steals and a block. Levine could impact that. I don't know. Chemezi Metu stunk because Bol Bol exists, and he's a legend, clearly. 7, 3, and 2 for Metu in those 14-team 14, uh, 14 leagues. He played like 14 minutes. The um, oh, What happened there? The No, that's correct. I thought I got it wrong. The 16, uh, This Cavs game was so long, I felt like it was yesterday. Isaac Okoro was a 16-team streamer. He had 9, 2, and 3, which is not great, but fine in a 16. And then the points league stream is absolutely banked. Karis Levert had 40.5, and in ESPN points, he had 47. It is worth mentioning now. We're going to do a Week 12 preview show on the weekend, as usual. But the Cavs and the Nets play one game next week. They're traveling to, I think it's Paris. They're traveling to Europe for the European game. This is a standard feature in the middle of January every year, and it seems to always involve the Nets. It was the Nets, the Nets Bulls last year, I believe it was. Um, that they will play one game during the week. So when you're considering, hey, do I hold on to Cam Thomas? Do I hold on to Spencer Dinwiddie? What do I do with Dayron Sharp? What do I do with Karis LeVert? Well, with only one game next week, obviously the value there is just, it's not existent. It's not, doesn't, it's not a thing. So you could consider after this week to move on from those players because there is only the, um, only the one week's worth or only the one game for those teams next week. Let's now run through the monstrous line of the night. I think... I think people will guess it, or maybe not, actually. There's quite a few different options. Oh, no, it's pretty obvious. It was Tone Davis. He had 29 and 18 with five blocks. Continues to be great. The Lakers continue to suck. Darvin Ham's out here crying that they've got no consistency because of injuries. Well, because D'Angelo Russell's out. That's what you're crying about. Because D'Lo's injured. Bro, that guy needs to go. Like, I, I, I know it's a bit early, but I, I'm not convinced he's very good. At least he finally got us and Reeves into the starting lineup. Yeah, anyway. That's enough of me complaining on behalf of Lakers fans. I'm sure they're Lakers fans. Amen, amen, yeah. Get rid of Darvin. Hey, if you, if you think that Darvin Ham's a good coach, come at me. Drop it in the comments on the YouTube. Double bang it. Hey. Um, what are we doing now? It's the waiver wire line of the night. I am very delirious. I've been up for like 15 hours. No, I haven't. What's the time? How long have I been up for working? 11 hours. 11 hours. Just an 11-hour shift. That's fine. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it is actually fun, but I am delirious. The waiver wire line of the night is the big fella. In Orlando? Yeah. In Orlando, Texas legend, Caleb Houston. I know he's not from Texas, but his name is. 15 points with four steals for Caleb. Maybe worth a stream with Wagner out or likely out. The young gun of the night, the best performance from a first or second year player. Which direction did we go? Well, it was the big fella, Jalen Duran. Polo was close, but I went with Duran in the end, 17-10 with four assists. Some of Paolo's lack, Paolo's lack of defensive stats um, and a slight subpar free throw did drag him down, but they were really, really close. And lastly, we do the dud of the night. There was so many guys. I could have gone with Cam Thomas. Again, he could have doubled up on back-to-back nights, and I don't think I would have been incorrect. But in the end, Jeremy Grant gets the nod. He only had 10 points, but 44 from the field, 33 from the line. 
Uh, like one rebound, no defensive stats, just a pure empty scoring night with horrible percentages from Jez to land him the uh, dud of the night. But if you wanted to give it to Cam, if you wanted to give it to Scoot, by all means, knock yourselves out. Let's look at the top six players of the day. Where Where's the first one here? He is the top six players in nine category leagues. Number one is Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Tyrese Halliburton, Malik Monk, Jalen Johnson, and DeMar DeRozan. Your top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Caleb Houston, Kyle Lowry, Simone Fontecchio, maybe worth streaming both Lowry and Fontecchio. Alex Caruso should just be rostered. Aaron Neesmith, I don't know how to justify it with 22 minutes, but sure. And Karis Levert, who we just talked about, should be rostered, and maybe we move on next week. Your top six players rostered, your top six players for points leagues, Davis, Sabonis, Halliburton, Monk, Gildas Alexander, and the big fella, Yanni Antetokounmpo. And what we, oh, lastly, let's just have a look at some interesting things. I'm just going to quickly highlight, if Isaiah Hartenstein is still available in your league, this is going to be the last opportunity I'm thinking to get him. Just go and do it. Simone Fontecchio is maybe an ad. And Caleb Houston, I think, is maybe an ad with an injury there to Franz Wagner. Like, I'd much rather add a Caleb than a Trimra KK or than a Dwight Powell in Dallas. In terms of drops, yes, it's, it's Cam Thomas pretty obviously. And I'm okay if you want to move on from Malcolm Brogdon. Get that cabbage out of here. Really hard for me to justify an old guy on a rebuilding team getting 16 minutes a night as the fourth guard. And that, all of you legends, will do it for me today. This is a long show because there was a lot for us to talk about with a lot of games and a lot of injuries, a lot of big performances. If you want to be a double banger and who doesn't, hit the thumbs up on the YouTube video. Leave your comments down below. Anita Water and ring my bell. And leave those comments and subscribe. I think I said all that. But then go check the audio out. And the audio people, if you listen and you're outraged, you want to comment, come onto the video and comment as well. Talk about LeBron being washed. Talk about firing Darvin Ham. Talk about whatever you want. Drop it in the comments below. Guys, we are finally done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.